welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Welcome back. So today's subject, we're going to be talking about dreams. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I actually even sacrificed myself. You I did? Well, yeah, I always say that if I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to experience it. And boy, did I ever. Oh, yeah, that's right. So tell us your experience. What did you do? Well, I actually had Trina do it with me, uh-huh. but we just looked up different ways to enhance his dreams, you know, spark them. And one was to write something under your pillow uh-huh. and see if you dream about it. We slept with crystal quartz. That definitely enhances dreams and also connects you spiritually. And boy, did it ever. I had four spirits wake me up at three in the morning and were talking to me back to back to back. Yeah, that's crazy. How significant are dreams? And do they have special meaning? Some say they are the window to our subconscious mind. And if this is so, why aren't we looking into this window more? Thomas More, a prominent religious scholar who is also a practicing psychotherapist, he often asks his clients to keep a dream journal, something he suggests everyone does, because he believes that dreams are the purest expression of spirituality and a guide for understanding our fears and our desires. He has been studying religion and dreams for decades, and he talks about how dreams may be our highest spiritual leader. I liked how he said, when you dream, you are returning home. Yeah. He said you're returning home to the womb of your spirit and a world that speaks the language of your soul. We actually quoted him in our last episode because he's also done a lot of research and has wrote books on soulmates. Yeah, you know, I saw an interview that Oprah did with him. He's a pretty interesting dude. I would suggest to our listeners to look up his interviews. He's done some TED Talks. There's a lot Mm -hmm. on YouTube. But he believes that we are more in reality when we're in our dreams than when we're not. Yeah, there's a two-part series that he did on YouTube, if you YouTube his name, Thomas Moore. Yeah, uh, the book that I enjoyed is called Religion of One's Own, and it's a book about making your beliefs more personal with your own God, and he talks about dreams in this book. We spend, on average, a third of our lives asleep. Wow. Sleep is essential, just like we need food and water. And school-age children and teenagers, on an average, need about nine and a half hours of sleep. And most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep. Oh, hell no. I need like 12. uh, (laughs) Mandy is a sleeper. But I've never really required a lot of sleep. Yeah, neither does Kurt. He says you can sleep when you're dead. (laughs) You know what? My dad used to say that, too. Yeah. I like to sleep in if I can. But usually if I, if I have it in my head that I can sleep in, those are the days that I wake up the earliest. <laughs> you go to bed super late. You're a night owl. I am a night owl. Yeah. I totally am. But I, I don't wake up grumpy. Well, and I also think that's why you have, and we'll talk about this in a minute, why you have deeper dreams. Because Probably, yeah, because I'm so tired. tired. Yes. Yes, I believe that too. You know, it's funny. I wake up Ethan every morning. Mm-hmm. With good morning, Vietnam. (laughs) Good morning, Vietnam. (laughs) Lately, he's been so aggravated that he tries to wake up before I do it. Oh my God, because he hates it so much. Every morning. 
I'm usually not awake before my children, but if I am, I always go, wakey, wakey, for goodness sakey. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, see, and then I sing in the morning. Oh, oh, I'd punch God. you in your freaking face. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there was this movie that Lindsay used to love when she was little. It was an Eloise movie. Uh-huh. And a nanny in the movie used to sing, over a lovely morning. Oh, God, no. And so- <laughs> God, no. No. I swear I do. I uh, do. Uh, Wait, and you should see everybody. They're like, what the fuck? Yeah, no. I have my children trained to go, I've mentioned this before in other yeah. podcasts, to make coffee because <laughs> they know that if I don't smell it, um, then I'm not getting up. It's too funny. I know. So what's the biological process of what happens when you are asleep? Because it's very interesting. Researching this made me feel so good about what our bodies naturally do. Our brains are cleansing at night when we're sleeping. It's like going through a car wash? (laughs) Yes, it is. So it's restoring. We're getting new information and it's ridding and detoxifying waste. What? Yes, so super cool. Boston University in Massachusetts have found that during sleep, the fluid present in the brain and the spinal cord called the cerebral spinal fluid, or CSF, washes in and out like waves, helping the brain get rid of accumulated metabolic trash. Holy shit. Yes. That is fascinating. It is. Oh my God, I, no wonder sleep's so important. Right? It's very important. So it restores energy. It repairs the cells in your body. Your brain is just flooded with hormones during sleep as well, like melatonin, regulates your sleep and awake cycle. The nerve cells communicate and reorganize, helping you have a healthy brain function for the next day. Holy crap. Yeah, these processes are critical for your overall health. I never, ever knew any of this. me neither. And without them, our body just won't be able to function correctly. Sleep involves two different general phases, the REM sleep and the non-REM sleep, but does go through many different stages. What's REM sleep? Rapid eye movement. Okay. During non-REM sleep, all of the process of restoring like all of your cells and stuff is happening. Is when you're not in REM. Right. Okay. So a lot of times that's going to be like those first few hours at the beginning of the process. During that time, they're showing hardly any brain activity and everything that's going on in your brain is detoxifying. Okay. So then now you're reaching REM sleep, which is like deeper sleep where your breathing is going to become more shallow and the muscles in your body actually become temporarily paralyzed. So that way you're not sleepwalking. So say for some reason you wake up in between that time, then you might start walking. So people that do a lot of sleepwalking like my my younger brother my mom would find him down the street sitting on a curb yeah eyes wide open right. but asleep his brain was not stopping him during that period yeah so that's usually going to occur when you're partially still in non-REM sleep mm-hmm. with no conscious awareness of their actions crazy it is so it's almost like when you think about the sleep paralysis that people describe it's the opposite So this is the temporary inability to move or speak when you're falling asleep or upon waking. So this is when that part of your body is still under paralysis, 
when you're sleeping, mm-hmm. and, but you're now conscious to it. Whoa. So it's like the opposite of sleepwalking, basically. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. Rapid eye movement, your eyes will jerk in various directions. They say if you are like looking at something from the left to the right, your eyes are actually moving. Have you ever seen anybody sleep with their eyes open? My entire family. Connor, Kurt, really? Trina, and oh son all sleep with their eyes open. I have tons of pictures. It's so creepy. Oh my gosh, that I is I almost creepy. wonder if it's genetic then because yeah, Kurt does it and then all my children do it. So REM sleep is the only time when your brain is completely devoid of the anxiety-triggering molecule noradrenaline. This is also the stage where you remember that your dreams take place. So you go from the non-REM, where it's all restoring and everything is processing and detoxing, but then you go into REM sleep and like a light goes on and all of a sudden you have full brain activity. So we think that we're resting our brains. Well, guess what? We're really not. Because this is where in your brain, all kinds of things are going on in your sleep. Scientists, psychologists, philosophers have long studied what's going on in your dreams. And they have yet to truly understand why we dream, but they all do agree on one thing, is that it's something to do with your memory. Key emotional and memory-related structures in the brain activate during REM sleep as we dream. And this means that emotional memory reactivation is occurring in the brain free of a key stress chemical, which allows us to reprocess upsetting memories in a safer, calmer environment. So we can use our dreams to heal. (laughs) Yeah. Only about 90% of your dreams does an average person remember. I read that within the first five minutes of waking up, you'll forget half of your dream. Mm -hmm. And then within the first 10 minutes, you'll forget 90%. Yeah. And I know for myself, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'll remember a dream and I'll be be too tired to write it down. And Mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh, I'll remember it. I'm going to remember this. And And then then I'll forget it. Yeah, it's gone. So many things can cause vivid dreams, such as alcohol consumption, sleep deprivation, and sleep disorders. So I guess that's why I have a lot of of vivid dreams, because I'm sleep deprived. Well, and I will also just share on a personal level Mm -hmm. that alcohol really messes up your sleep. Not only will you find that you're not sleeping well, but you're, you're not ever entering that REM. And when you are going through withdrawals of alcohol and it's leaving Mm. your system, you will have crazy nightmares and dreaming. A lot of people withdrawing brains are very active because they're probably detoxing according to what you're saying. Well, and if their memory is activated, their emotional memory, it might be fear. Yeah. That's coming up in their dreams. Well, and then a lot of people in sobriety say within the first six months... They dream a lot about being drunk, about being drunk, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. You wake up so scared that you relapsed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you drink like a few glasses of water before you go to bed, it'll help you to wake up during the middle of the night, so that way you can remember your, your dreams more. Because you have to pee? Yeah. But that probably is why pregnant women often have a lot of oh, dreams. Wow. Right? Because they're remembering them. Because they're getting up to pee every five yeah, seconds. that makes sense. <laughs> I did read this one study that said those who slept on their left side reported more nightmares than, than people who slept on their right side. And in another study, that people who slept on their stomachs had more vivid 
and more positive dreams. But I will tell you, it is best to sleep for your body on your back. Oh, I hate sleeping on my back. It's another problem because you'll snore more likely if you're on your back, but it is best for your spine. Well, an interesting fact that I learned, you can't dream if you're snoring. Huh. Isn't that weird? They say if you are in a really intense active snore, that while you're snoring, you will not dream. That, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Because I just feel like when I'm snoring, I am out. But are you legit snoring? Jamie said that I was snoring so bad the other time. Are you serious? You couldn't sleep. I don't know. I, it was by Lena D. And she did an article on Board Panda. And it was one of the things she had mentioned. But she did put in oh. quotes that there's not a ton of evidence. But I just thought it was oh, interesting when I read interesting. that. Yeah. Well, also, how dark or light your room is. Oh. And the noises that you hear throughout the night can all affect and impact your sleep quality as well as have an impact on what you're dreaming about. I fall asleep to meditation, and so does my daughter, Kinsley. We like to do a nighttime meditation, and this is because I used to have a lot of anxiety in the middle of the night. Anxiety used to wake me up. Anxiety and negative emotions Mm -hmm. are the number one reported emotion when it comes to your dreams the next day. 62% of the general population have used music as a tool to help them go to sleep. Oh, I use a fan. What do you use? Uh, several things. I have a fan, I have a noise machine in my room, and I do meditation. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder you're sleeping so freaking hard. Right? Well, music has shown to improve the quality of your sleep, Mm -hmm. can help those with sleep disorders and insomnia, can calm you and reduce anxiety. They have specific nighttime meditations, too, and they really help to shut down your brain. I vouch for that. Yeah, evidence shows that meditation helps lower your heart rate and encourages slower breathing. So even just doing breathing techniques. Temperature can also affect if you have good dreams or bad dreams. Now I know you have no problem napping. Like some people have power naps. Just like sleep for like 10 minutes and I could never ever do that. A 20 minute nap has shown to revive and improve your brain but it cannot be longer than 20 minutes during Girl, the day. Girl, if I slept for 20 minutes, I mean it would screw my whole day up. I I feel, I'm serious, I am so thrown at a whack. My husband and some of his employees have traveled to China and say that they like implement a nap time. Nap time! (laughs) We all have like these little individual chairs that lay back and they nap. Now let me ask you, when you nap during the day, are you dreaming? No. You're just needing to refuel. Yeah, I don't think I've ever dreamt during the day. Okay. Hmm, That's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I don't know why, but I was led to researching what different groups and people around the world thought about dreams. There's been so many legends and myths and about dreams throughout history. The ancient Greek, they built temples for the specific purpose of dreaming. Dream interpretations and longing for understanding of dreams have been around for extremely long. I thought it was interesting that the Greeks and Romans believed that dreams gave you future knowledge and could tell you what was going to happen. It was believed that dreams were a place between here and God. Yeah, that's what, they that's what it feels like. Yeah. During the Roman era, they even submitted dreams to the Senate for dream interpretations. They also sent dream interpreters with their leaders and soldiers into war. Sometimes they would also sacrifice animals that they wanted to see in their dream. 
And Native Americans believe that dreams are an extension of reality and opportunity to travel to other realms and communicate with ancestors and spirit guides. Mm-hmm. And I love that they teach their children from an extremely young age to record their dreams. The ancient Egyptians believed that gods communicate through dreams. Mm-hmm. They believe that dreams could foretell the future. The Chinese believe that dreams and dream analysis can help you learn more about your innermost secrets. These dreams analysis could be used to make important decisions and make positive changes in your life. Duke of Zhou, Z-H-O-U, is often referred to as the god of dreams. Hmm. In Japan, it's believed that if you can't sleep at night, it's because you are awake to somebody else's dream. The Japanese also believe that the first dream you have in the new year, known as the Hasumin, mm. is foretelling of your luck over the next year. Oh, wow. The Jewish Kabbalah states that every dream should be fully analyzed in order to help us understand our past and make better decisions in the future. The Kabbalah dreams interpretation theories helped millions improve their lives by understanding the meaning in their dreams, and they act accordingly. Hawaiians believe in dreams they're called the wandering spirit while the body is asleep the immortal spirit or soul wanders they believe that the spirit is leaving through the tear duct in your inner corner of your eye hmm. and the spirit goes and travels and sees people and places and they encounter other spirits and they experience adventures and most important passing on messages from ancestors and gods the Hindu believe in symbols and that these symbols can bring good or bad into your future. Christians believe that, according to the Bible, that God can speak to us through our dreams, the, the divine. Mm-hmm. The Bible is full of those. Yes, it is. I mean, that's all. That. Yeah, according to the stories in the Bible, dreams played important roles in biblical stories. The ancient Israelites believed that dreams foretold and interpreted reality and that they were divine. The Bible defines a dream in Job thirty three fifteen In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, and slumberings upon the falleth upon men. So according to the Bible, um, a lot of people say that a vision is something that occurs when a man is awake, while a dream is something that occurs when a man is asleep. I mean, there are so many places in the Bible that talk about dreams. They looked at them as symbolic messages that were very significant, like giving signs and warnings and indications of future events that might take place. A lot of people have, for many, many years, have been striving to understand dreams. And today they say that you really do have to combine science and spirituality to get to an understanding of Mm -hmm. it. And there is a specific name for the scientific study of dreams and it's honorology and of course we have to talk about Carl Jung and Freud. Carl Jung studied under Freud and started putting together what dreams meant and theories behind dreaming. Carl Jung said that the dream is a little hidden door in the innermost and most sacred places of the soul opening into that cosmic night long before there was an ego. The study of dream interpretation did start out with Sigmund Freud. He introduced the theory of the unconscious in relation to dreams. Freud described the practice as the royal road to knowledge of the unconscious activities of the mind. He believed that repressed thoughts and feelings would manifest in dreams in an abstract way. 
He also really believed a lot of interpretation from dreams were sexually induced. If you saw like a, a pillar, it was a penis. Or if you saw a flower, it was a vagina. Well, duh. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> mine's like a flower. <laughs> Freud also thought that your dreams convey your most deeply guarded secrets or that they might give you some hidden hints about like dangerous things that might be happening and that dreams could also reveal what is happening like in your current life. You said to me the other day that you feel like most of your dreams are usually about your day. Yeah, sometimes it's almost like a replay of them. Besides Freud, no one has influenced modern dream study more than Carl Jung, who him and Freud were once great friends. In fact, Freud was like a father figure to Carl Jung. And later they became kind of rivals because they disagreed on many things. They did. You know, what's funny is that, think about Freud. He had a client who came to see him. So the guy would be like, listen, I had a dream. I was trying to climb this mountain. And Freud the whole time's going, I see boobs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right? Yeah. But that's exactly what Carl Jung was like. He didn't agree with. He didn't believe that all of them were like that. He believed that dreams were a representation of the unconscious mind, but that they were the keys to unlocking your true happiness and your sense of purpose. So he saw it as more spiritual than analytical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he probably would have saw the mountains as, you know, reaching your highest goal or well, something like that. Yeah, when you were just talking about the difference between the two of them, I was, I think, more of Freud. Like... As a pervert? <laughs> Yeah. Maybe. Or I just think of him thinking more in the box and yes. that Carl Jung was seeing the big picture. Right. Because Carl Jung ended up being kind of more of a mystic and being more spiritually led. Carl Jung proposed that reoccurring dreams indicated a lack of positive growth and change was a sign that you needed balance in your life. Okay. And Sigmund Freud believed that those kind of dreams were symbolizing unfulfilled desires. Kind of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, along the same page right there. Yeah. You know, I can relate to that and I, it applies to me. I, I have a reoccurring dream throughout my whole life and it has to do with relationships. Okay. And now that when you just said that, I'm realizing that there's some healing needs to take place there. And these persistent dreams for me that occur over and over throughout time for myself, that, I mean, I, I used to have a reoccurring dream about a purple werewolf. <laughs> Some sort of unprocessed emotional connection, maybe, you know, to, it could be like family issues, could be abandonment issues, could be some sort of unrequited love or even past life memories, unprocessed dreams. So I'm going to throw something at you. Okay. I Great. was just looking up, this book is called A Dictionary of Dream Symbols and it's by uh, Eric Ackroyd. And according to some of this, okay, a wolf means safety and wisdom. And purple means something that denotes a mystic connection with something or someone in waking life. The dream of a violet color or purple also implies to your strong attitude and beliefs. Okay, so that's interesting. The very first time I remember having the purple wolf dream mm -hmm. was when I was about six or seven years old. And it was during a time where... I remember my parents fighting. So, so safety? And now that I think about it, maybe I've had that dream at the times where there was conflict outside of me. That I was and according to yeah. Freud and Young, that would be an area of your life that you need healing. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. My daughter has this reoccurring dream where she has a funny taste in her mouth. She's naked. She has anxiety, right? And she has been having the same dream since she was like in elementary school. My daughter did a past life regression. She was brought back to her birth. When she was born, she was taken away from me right away. And she had choked on the amniotic fluid and so she, she was alone. Healing. And part of the problem with this dream is that she always felt very alone. So she felt alone, naked, and she always had this funny taste in her mouth. Did the past life regression, went through the same thing. She figured out what that reoccurring dream was, and she hasn't had it since. Because she healed it. She processed it. Wow, that's rad. Isn't that awesome? so awesome. So I wanted to go back to that article I read on Board Panda by Linda D. It was some interesting facts about dreams. Um, She talked about how blind people do actually dream, but they do not have visuals. They have smell, taste, and emotions. Like, I guess like Lindsay, she woke up with taste. I've never woken up with taste, but I've had smell. And then I wanted to touch base on how not everybody dreams in color. They think this was impacted by the changing of TVs going from black and white to TV in color. Are you serious? So a lot of the people that claim they dream in black and white were people that were older that had only black and white TVs. Oh my God, I just totally thought about Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Is when that... she, uh-huh. it went to color. But before, it was, she was black and white. Um, also, we didn't talk about this, but I'm sure everybody knows this. Mm-hmm. Animals also dream. I mean, you can see yeah, dogs like running on the ground when they're laying yes. and their paws start moving. Totally. Rascal dreams all day. Yeah. Dog sleeps more than any animal I've ever known. She also talked about how men and women dream differently. Men t- tend to dream more about other men. Around 70% of the characters <laughs> in a man's dream are with another man. On the other hand, women's dreams contain almost an equal number of men and women. A reoccurring dream that I have that also my daughter has and as well as a coworker. It's like a futuristic place. It seems like it's high and it feels like if you're like walking through a mall or a airport. So I was thinking, let's set an intentional lucid dream to all go there. Uh-huh. Wouldn't Should. that be amazing? Yeah. So let's talk about lucid dreams. You know, typically when we dream, we're not conscious, but... For me, once I realize that I'm dreaming and I don't like, I mean, have you ever done that? I mean, I wake up and I'm like, no, fuck that. I don't like how that ended. No, I am going back and fixing that. Uh-uh. I have tried. I have tried. Yes. I so mean, lucid dream, just to understand, means that you have awareness that you're dreaming. And you gain control over the characters and the narrative that's going on in your dream. So the three of you would have to t- have a lucid dream and take control to meet at that one spot together. We could make that intention yeah. and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Having the same dream at night and frequently appearing in each other's dreams, sometimes your dreams will overlap in theme, but the core message and the feeling is similar. One in 1,000 people say that they have had this happen, So, which I have had. So I had a, a very vivid dream of my coworker, text my coworker as soon as I woke up because yeah. it was so vivid, and they responded, holy shit, so did I. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. One of my good friends had passed away a few years ago, and her daughter and I both contacted each other in the same day to say that we had a dream about her mom. My brothers come to me a few, quite a few times in dreams, and I do believe that mm-hmm. our loved ones and spirits, that's one of the ways that we have contact with them. Yeah. 
Many people are visited by their loved ones in dreams, and this is when the ego is asleep and the unconscious mind is awake. This is between reality and the spiritual world. Your deceased loved ones, as well as angels and guides, can communicate with us. But see, that's what I'm wondering. Are the random-ass people that I'm seeing in my dreams I've never seen before, are these angels and guides? Are these past life people during my dreams in between this reality and spiritual world? I found both when I was researching. I did find more on that they are saying if you have people in your dreams, mm-hmm. that somewhere in your life, you have met them. I'm not saying this life. Right. Maybe it could be another life. Mm-hmm. But right. the, if you are dreaming of someone... That mm-hmm. at some point in the existence of your soul, you knew somehow. That's so weird. Is it the same for places? Because, I mean, Mandy, you, you spoke about going to Ireland. You've never been to Ireland. Obviously, you've seen pictures of Ireland. But I did go to Ireland in a past life regression. True. Isn't that strange? Yeah. See, there we go again. Yeah. There was a dream I had. I've never been to this house. I can tell you exactly what it looked like. I can tell you what the yard looked like, what the color of the house was like, like the driveway, like the steps. And it was like I had been there. It was so very strange. Yes. I, I mean, I can just describe it. I could draw it. I wake up and I'm like, I wish I could draw what I just saw. Yes. Many people say their dreams is what has inspired their work, like artists, scientists, musicians, that a lot of them get a lot of their visions through their um, dreams. Yeah, I think that a lot of my dreams are significant, especially when they're very vivid. The narrative of the dream is very clear. I especially write down those dreams. You know, that just triggered a memory for me. My dad, I remember, dreamt one time that something was wrong with his friend Rocco. Mm-hmm. So he woke up and my told my mom and they called to check on him and he'd passed away wow. in his sleep. I had a premonition dream like that one time too. I had a dream that there was these kids that I'd never seen before. Oh God, I remember this. And they were all in this pond and there was one of them that was just laying there dead in the water and I'm like hello trying to like scream out to these kids two weeks later a kid in our neighborhood dies in a pond precognitive dream is a dream that comes true yeah they're dreams that appear to predict the future through a sixth sense when we all have intuitive dreams like this well, it's interesting. Results of several surveys across like a large set of population indicates that between 18% and 38% of people have experienced at least one precognitive dream and 70% have experienced deja vu. The percentage of persons that believe precognitive dreaming is possible is even higher, ranging from 63 to 98%. I had one about getting pregnant with Sloan. I didn't know her gender. I just, it was just about my pregnancy, but I can't really remember any other ones. And I think that the reason I probably have not had a lot of these was because I was so asleep in life that Mm -hmm. I do believe when you raise your vibration, when you become more awake, more open-minded, which comes with Mm self-awareness, that if you bring that awareness to your dreams, then you'll start knowing and understanding that there are truly meaning behind them. So Yeah, and you know, the Native Americans would do something that was called dream recall, or what they would call it vision quest, your alternative drum journey. So the way they would do this is they would write down on a piece of paper, you could write something like, I, Shanna, will remember my dreams, 
when I awake in the morning and you would sign it, put it under your pillow, or you can just imagine doing this. They call it practicing the well. Make sure that you have a pen and a paper or a journal next to your bed. Okay, so that's important. So before you go to sleep, you're gonna lay down and you're gonna go over your entire day in your mind and try to come to terms with it before you go to sleep. Wow. So this is actually going to then bypass what you say, Mandy, that a lot of times you have in your dreams. Well, that's everything good, in your day. I hate those dreams. <laughs> so you're going to try to solve all that before, before you go to sleep. Okay. And then you're going to bring your intention to what you want to dream about. You're clearing your mind. Now you are meditating and breathing and focusing on your intention. And you just think about this to you slowly fall asleep. Now, once you wake up in the morning, they call it catching your dream before they disappear. Remember, you only have five minutes. So whether you write it down or you grab your phone, either way, write down anything you felt, anything you saw. This may be colors. This may be shapes. This may not make sense. And that's fine. I love that you just said felt because I always forget to write that part down. I, re- I always write the color, the objects, the people, the yeah. place, but I never remember to write down how I felt in the dream. Yeah. And then on occasion, reread your journal and you might learn a lot about yourself. If one doesn't make sense to you at all, you might be surprised that later on it's creating this story even. Yeah. And then it might be something that you might not understand right now, but maybe in a year you will. Right. I mean, this is a great way to possibly even meet your spiritual guide. You set your intentions to meet your loved ones mm-hmm. that have passed who may be your twin flame. You, this could be that you want to meet your spirit animal. That's what they would use it for a lot of times. The star seeds. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I love it. You can just manifest anything in your dreams, basically. Right? Mm-hmm. So other things that you could do to enhance your dreams, you could place stones underneath your pillow. So amethyst, selenite, rose quartz, tourmaline, any black stone. I'd say tourmaline's almost like ambient. It'll knock you the fuck out. <laughs> so be careful with that one. But you can do, like we said, the nighttime meditations. Reiki will cause you to have a good night's rest. People usually report that they sleep good for, for like weeks upon weeks. You know, another thing that assists with sleeping is melatonin. It's natural. As you get older, your body just stops producing as much. Mm-hmm. You meditate, you actually produce melatonin. There you go. The vitamin B6 also helps the brain to retrain the information given in dreams. Whoa. So another thing you could do, I don't know, I, I put this on my list of a dream catcher. They will filter out the bad dreams and only let the good ones in. But make sure that you bless your dream catcher. It's a divination tool. So if you just go get one and you just think it's pretty, you put it over your bed, and all of a sudden you start having crazy-ass nightmares, yeah, be careful. No, this isn't like you can just go buy a dream catcher, buy a stone, and throw it on your bed and expect it to be magical. Yeah, no, so, some intentions. Yes. For sure. Not only do I keep a dream journal next to my bed, but I also keep one of those dream dictionaries. Yeah, that book I was talking about, that author, Eric Ackroyd, he has degrees in philosophy and religion, and he spent you know many years studying the symbols 
of diverse religions, traditions, and philosophies. And he is a strong believer that dreams can lead to a greater self-awareness and self-healing like we've talked about. But he believes that each image that appears in a dream has meaning. If you can unlock these symbols, that it's invaluable and it can guide your life in many, many ways. There's many out there. His is the Dictionary of Dream Symbols. For example, a few of them were an airplane. It represents a journey, starting Mm -hmm. something new. An altar means you're maybe doing something that's self-sacrificing. An anchor is stability. Flying is freedom. A hammer is victory. A river is spirituality. A rat is powerful enemies. A rabbit is good luck. A pirate is suspicion. You know, through journaling and through interpreting, we're revealing what's hidden kind of like deeply in our unconscious mind. You know, those secrets, I guess, that we don't talk about consciously. Yeah. You know, really. You know, when people say, oh, he's the man of my dreams. Really? Have you ever met him? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, dreams are so real. I actually physically... Feeling. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know, but I did read that you can actually orgasm just as great and pleasurable in a dream as you can in reality without even wetness. So if you do that with someone who is not your partner, how guilty do you feel in the morning? Um, (laughs) Do you feel like it's cheating if you have like this nighttime dream boyfriend? Uh, Yeah, but I'd just be work healing. Okay, just, okay. Well, not according (laughs) to what we said at the beginning of the episode. Thomas More said your dreams are more real than actual reality so now if your partner's cheating if you ever woke up and been like i want to fucking punch your ass <laughs> yes <laughs> so shannon it's time for break that shit down <laughs> if you look at the history of dreams mm-hmm. and how meaningful it is and how most religions believe that it's divine I know. and how so much important. it can impact our life Mm-hmm. then why do we not have emphasis on it in churches, in teachings? Why are we taught to only talk to God in prayer? Why don't churches teach us to listen more? Why are we not taught to journal our dreams and have awareness around them? Why are we not taught that divine and the Holy Spirit can speak to us through this connection in dreams? Yeah. Why are we not taught about meditation? That meditation is a way to connect with these symbols and these guides. Mm-hmm. We are always speaking, but we're never still, and we're never still enough to concentrate on the connections and what we receive in our dreams. I mean, I think it's baffling how many mm-hmm. times dreams are mentioned in the Bible and how universally, almost all people believe dreams are so significant. Yeah. So why are we not taught, and why do we not teach our children like the Native Americans to tap into this? Mm-hmm. and emphasize the importance of it. We're always rambling off our desires and needs and our gratitude during you know, prayer, but why are we not taught to listen to God's desires and needs through our dreams and through meditation? Right. I don't know. That's just kind of where this all led I me. because throughout know, history, everyone did. Everyone did. I mean, Reiki is a natural way to connect and, he- and heal and stones and music and instruments, but mm-hmm. dreams too. And it's something we do every single night. You can totally be connecting there. And I think that's where this took me, that I was just sat there like, holy shit. All I know is that I'm going to have more awareness and pay more attention. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a study that they did, and I saw this years ago. They were trying to show that in our dreams, we were solving problems, riddles, and 
patterns. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to challenge our listeners tonight before they go to sleep, as you lay in your bed for about 15 minutes, think about these letters. So get a pen. O-T-T-F-F. Think about these letters in sequence and do this and see if you can dream the answer. Studies have shown that many people will dream the answer to this sequence. Think about solving O-T-T-F-F. When you wake up in the morning, write down, you know, if you can remember anything from your dreams, even write down O-T-T-F-F and, and just kind of think about it and see if you can solve the problem. I will post on www.mysenseofsoul.com the answer of what these letters mean the morning after our podcast. So Thursday morning? Yep. Awesome. If you don't get enough sleep, your immune system is seriously affected. You put yourself at risk of heart disease, diabetes, obesity, cancer, your brain functioning, and this includes like memory, Alzheimer's disease. Decision-making, reasoning, problem-solving will worsen. You just won't be as alert. Your reaction time might be delayed. And that's kind of like what we're going to be discussing on our next episode is awareness. Having awareness can really be dangerous. It can affect your relationships. It can really steal your light. It can cause accidents. It can cause all kinds of horrible things if you don't have awareness and don't learn to slow down and be present. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.